0: you're listening to the truth cast with nick thomas and adam hayden all right welcome back to the truth cast uh, i'm adam hayden and i'm here as always with nick thomas and it's uh, been a while we took a little break a little hiatus um but it's uh, we're back now and it's good to be back on this uh this first episode of the new year it's a new year new uh new show i guess <laughs> i was
1: i was gonna lose it if you're like new year new year. Yeah, Bro, no. that's so basic
0: <laughs> new year new never mind i don't know why i was gonna go with that <laughs> but yeah so uh today we're just gonna be you know kind of talking about some stuff that we've been going through in our uh men's breakout sessions for for church and uh you know just about you know fighting a good fight and uh, all that kind of stuff um but first, I just I just wanted to share a little bit about um, about you know just a challenge that God has been giving me uh, here lately, and um, so, anyways, let's go ahead and jump into it instead of trying to explain what it is. It make more sense. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so basically, the whole point is you know it. I feel like especially for me, and I'm I'm gonna say we a lot. But really, it's I should probably just be saying me or I. Uh, well,
1: in in all fairness, anything you say, if I'm understanding the topic you're going with, here probably is gonna be a wee subject, anyways. So yeah, you're you're safe. I think you're good. Yeah,
0: I just wanted to clarify for sure that it's like when I say this stuff, it's I'm 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 talking to myself. So um, also, um, but uh, so basically, like it's so easy for us to you know get to the point where. You know, like, reading the Bible, and and prayer for that matter, is just, like, not, like, a big deal to us. And, like, it's so easy to, you know, to not take the time, not make the time for it, and just to, when we have things scheduled out throughout the day, um, it's like, well, we're really quick to, like, you know, procrastinate it, push it back a little bit. Uh, wait till the end of the day, you know, squeeze it in here, or there, or do you know just to forget about it completely for a day, two days, a week, a month, you know how however it is, and and like it's something that I know I'm guilty of, and I know, and I'm pretty certain that most American Christians are pretty guilty of it, and you know the biggest thing about it is is that we just have like so much distractions, and I think it's like for for me it's just like while I was thinking about this and just like being convicted of it, it's like, you know, when we're doing this, it's just like, we're saying that all these other things are more important and they're like a higher priority. So it's like, I forget how I was really wording it in my head before, but basically, you know, it's like, is, is sitting down and, and, and watching this movie or watching TV uh watching the netflix or hulu like is that more important than getting in the word is is picking up my phone and and getting on my social media my instagram my snapchat my facebook whatever you're doing twitter's if anybody still twitter so i don't know oh uh, yeah people still do a lot of twitter <laughs> i know it's like i know some people do it some people don't it's like half dead i guess i don't know maybe not uh, i know facebook is supposed to be a boomer thing at this point <laughs> but i still facebook all the time <laughs> uh Anyways, um, I'm just getting off topic with that, but yeah. So, is is my social media presence? Is is the people around me? Are they more important than spending time with God? Are they more important than getting into the Word? Is uh, is this the games that I'm playing? Are they more important? Is the YouTube that I'm watching? Is it more important? Like, and and like all of those things are like things that we do and that just, like, take the time, like, and there's, like, even things that we need to do that'll take the time, like, like, going to work, um, you know, spending time with your family, you know, spending time with friends, like, a lot of those good things that we have in life, those are also, like, distracting us and taking us away, and, like for me, I just started a new job, which God really blessed me with it. And I don't think I've talked to, no, I definitely haven't talked about it on the podcast. We haven't had done one since I, then.
1: I think you started it well after
0: yeah. we had I, paused on the podcast. Yeah, because I started it, I started a week before Thanksgiving and that was at the beginning of our break. Yep. Um, but, but anyways, I'll, I'll share that story later on some other time, maybe, or maybe later on in this podcast, but, um. Anyways, God really blessed me with a new job as I got married um, in October, and
1: uh, congratulations wow. by the
0: way. Thank you, thank you. Nick Nick was the the best man. Uh, I'm losing my train of thought because I keep thinking about the marriage now. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so basically, you know, it's just like oh oh yeah, he blessed me with this job, and you know, I've started this new schedule, and like I had to get used to waking up and getting up early. And still, I was doing really good at it. I was doing really good at it for a while. Let I me mean, not slur all that. <laughs> and I've gotten back into the bad habit of, you know, snoozing the alarm and not waking up early and getting to work at, like, kind of, like, the last minute before, like, the line starts up. And um, But at first I was getting there, like, early on time and, like, everything was good and I had time to get ready and time to you know, do whatever I needed to do here at the house and was giving me enough time to, you know, get into the word and to, to spend that time with God before I go into work. And, you know, there's been a few days that I've been able to do that and it's been really good and really, uh, I don't know, really beneficial before I go into work to be able to do that. And, um, and there has been times like, even when I haven't done that, where I've been able to pray while I'm on the line, while I'm working and just like talk to God and God's been, God will talk to me through that time, but at the same time, it's not as good and it's not the same as like, you know, getting, getting alone with God and getting free from those distractions. You know, it's like one of the things I've been learning a lot since I've been married about relationships. And it's like, if you were, if you're in basically like, if you're having a conversation with your wife or your significant other and you're distracted in the, in the conversation, like, uh, I don't know, she's telling you about your her day and you're sitting there uh, working on something, like, you know, scrolling through your phone or cleaning dishes or, I don't know, whatever. Like, if you're doing something else while she's talking to you, you're going to be... You might understand and hear everything that she's telling you, but you probably won't really be as engaged in the conversation. And there might be some times where you get a little bit distracted and you might interrupt her or you might... Uh, miss a sentence or two that she says and then you might have to be like okay well I didn't catch that catch that part let me try to figure out where we're at with context of the next part that she says you know stuff like that and it's like if I'm really like distracted while I'm having that time with God it's not as good as it would be if we're sitting back and taking that time for God and at the same time on top of that like he deserves us to give him more than just squeezing him into what we're already doing um, we need to set that time aside for him. And that's something that I've been really struggling with uh, here lately. You know, just you know, getting used to married life, getting used to a new job schedule, and getting used to uh, putting him first, I guess, um, or getting back used to it. And, you know, I was out of work for a few weeks with pneumonia and got really lazy during that time. And um, it's really set me back. And I just, uh, I don't know, I kind of wanted to take this time to just encourage all of us that you know it's important for us to get in the word, and we we need that to have that relationship. And you know, I I heard it. I don't remember exactly how it's worded, but heard so, heard someone say recently, you know, that if we're not spending that time with with God and we're not keeping our relationship with Christ strong, that we're not going to you know do the work that He wants us to do. And you know, God's left us here to do the work of the Lord. And as Mark Trotter used to always say, you know, the work of the Lord was the work that the Lord was doing when he was on earth doing the work. And, um, and, and, you know, what, what is that? That's, that's making disciples. That's, you know, bringing God glory. It's, it's all those things that we're supposed to do as Christians, you know, loving one another. And, um, and, but mostly, most importantly is making disciples. And if we're, not getting in the word and not really spending time with God, we're not going to be doing that. It's just, it's just that simple. Like we're, we're going to be focused on other things and we're not going to have, you know, the, the spiritual power that we need to really complete those tasks. And, um, and that's kind of, that's kind of where I've been here recently. just, uh, you know, I've been, been involved in, in, in church and, doing all the other things that I need to be doing, you know, looking good on the outside, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's just like, where's, where's my relationship at? And something that Larry Franks used to always uh, challenge us with when he was our student pastor was, you know, um, we're as close to God as we want to be. And, um, I want to get to the point where I think about that sentence or that phrase, that statement, and it, doesn't feel convicting, because <laughs> usually when I think about that, it's like, mm, yeah, I, I need to be closer. I need to want it more. And, um, and that's that's kind of what we talk about with cost of discipleship. You know, it's it's, it's got to start with a desire. And if we're not showing the desire, it's, we're not going to get there. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I wanted to start today. Um, if, do you have anything to to add on? Or
1: yeah, I think I got a little bit. So. It's actually going to lead to a good segue as well into uh, kind of moving on to the next topic. But while we're hitting on that, we have to understand that it, we are, I think, a lot of Christians and, you know, I, 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 I'll say church, churches, because... You know, that's, that's the summary of what groups of Christians are, our churches. And that's what we're supposed to establish our churches. And a lot of times we get more caught up with the image and how do we look and how do we look to one another. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we actually just got through at breakfast talking about, you know, when we do something, are we doing it for God or are we doing it for clout? or are we doing it for recognition recognition right yeah. image like what what image what image and what precedent are we trying to set here if we're doing it for our own satisfaction and we're doing it cuz reading the word not only is like getting distracted a kind of kind of a barrier mm. that we tend to create for ourselves sometimes you know I have seen a lot of Christians like oh yeah I read the Word this morning I'm like okay I want to be like well what'd you learn from it or you know I I part part of reading the Word and part of getting into the Word is to spread that spread that knowing and that knowledge with others because sure. knowledge all knowledge does it, all the, all knowledge does is puff up mm-hmm.
0: yeah and it's, that's that's kind of what Cody talked about several months back, uh, you know, you know, the Bible doesn't necessarily tell us that we need to be reading. It actually tells us to study. Right. And so if you just read it and like, okay, I read it like it's another storybook instead of like, okay, God, what do you want to say to me through this passage that I'm reading? Like this is God's word to us. Or this is, you know, if I'm saying this to God, like this is your word to me. What, what, what do you want to say to me today through this to this passage versus you know oh that was a good book I, I liked that that was, a, that was a nice time you know you, know, you, right. you we've got to be like like James tells us we got to be doers of the word and if we're just if we're just reading it haphazardly we're just going to be hearers that's, that's it
1: you know I had a I had a point where it was so I know a, a challenge for me is I'll be driving home or I'll be, uh, I'll be, you know, I'll be by myself, and I'm like, oh man, I gotta. Or I'll be driving to work. I'm like, man, you know, what? I'm gonna. have some free time before I go to work. I can read, and all this, and you know, you're talking about distracting yourself, and that's that's a problem I think I have as well. But I would say that there's a difference between. I would rather read, you know, five or six verses and gain something from that that I could share to someone that day and pour into somebody else's life than read three chapters just so I can say, hey, I read three chapters. Sure. Yeah. I think one of the biggest distractions that we create, even while we're reading the word, is what you know, how fast can I get through this or how much can I get in mm. at one point so I can say I did it. Yeah. Like and and, and that doesn't gain anything because that's to me, you know, you go back to a relationship, that's almost the equivalent or it's almost as ridiculous yeah. and as far of a, as far of a reach as being like, you know what, I'm just gonna try and check a box by spending time with yeah. my significant other just to check off a box. I don't enjoy it. I'm not gaining anything from it. They're not gaining anything from it just so I can go to my buddies and be like yeah, I'm a good husband. Like no, that's, that's not the way that works mm-hmm. at yeah. all. Yeah. And that ridiculousness when we read the word and we're like oh well I'm good because I read through half of Genesis today and half of Psalms and right. three quarters of the New Testament I'm a I'm a good old... No, that doesn't make you a good old boy at all. Actually, no, that makes you a good old boy, but that makes you a good old boy in the way of, like, you're just... You're just checking off a box. Yeah. And as a baby Christian, there's merit to that. There is merit to checking off a box.
0: Yeah, you gotta start somewhere, for sure. Yeah.
1: But... And, and, and there's no problem with maybe having self-accomplishments of, like, you know what, I did that today. I feel energized to do it again mm-hmm. and to do it again and to do it again because eventually once you get in the habit of it then now you can create a more personal part of it yeah uh, that's not to say that while you're that's not to say while you're checking off that box that you can't uh, that you can't create something personal that's part that's part of the point of reading God's word is to create a personal relationship with him right because that is his word that is everything he has to say to you about any situation mm-hmm. outside of, you know, praying to him. Yeah. But, and it, and it helps to instigate prayer. Like, prayer without being in the word usually ends up being a fruitless thing.
0: Yeah, and we'll just end up, you know, giving a laundry, laundry list of things that we, like wishes that we want from, from God. And God does tell us to cast our cares on him. And, to you know, to make our requests be made known, but we also need to be in His will, and we also be, need to, our our wants need to be lining up with His wants, and right. um, you know, prayer is more about changing our heart than it is about getting what we want, um, and 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 God will be there for us when we call to Him, and um, and all that kind of stuff, but like we need to not treat God. Like, like he's a genie or a wish grantor or as our pastor's been saying, as our sugar daddy. Like that's yeah, that's not uh, that's not that's not how it works. Um, and he is a good father, and he does give us great gifts. And you know, it says that every perfect gift comes from him. Um, and you know, if our earthly fathers can give us good gifts, how much more can our heavenly father give us good gifts? And like, all that's true. And he does bless us immensely more than we deserve, but we shouldn't come to him with like open hands expecting to get and just continue to receive and receive and receive it. like that's that's not what our relationship should be you know if if you treated your earthly father like that and it's just like all I want from my dad is to give me money all the time but I don't have a a personal relationship I don't I, it doesn't go any more deeper like we don't have real conversation we don't grow together we don't we spend time together like That relationship's no good. Like you're just using your father at that point, and I think we get to that point pretty easily as American Christians. Um, And and you you said it really well. Like I was actually thinking the same thing. It doing those things that way would be just checking off a box. Like we we say all the time as as Christians, you know, it's it's not a religion. It's a relationship. But when you start making it about the rules and making it about, okay, I've got to do this. I've got to do this each day, you know, like it starts becoming religion and not mm-hmm. a relationship. But at the same time, you know, you do have to do certain things to continue that relationship. And it's just like, it's just like having, having a wife, you know, you got to put in the work to continue that relationship. But if you're just doing it to say, Oh, look, I did this. uh, Look how I did it. Then it's not good enough. So, so, the what it all comes boils down to is motive like Mm. why are you doing it are you are you doing it like like back in the back several months ago before before we got married i had to learn like like why why am i uh doing certain things for kimberly and and in my mind it's like oh i'm doing them for her because i know she wants them but really no i was doing it for myself so that she would be happy with me, so she wouldn't be mad at me. So, so that she would love me more. That she, so she would return the favor. You know, it's things like that. Like I was, you know, giving her gifts, being nice to her, so she would give me things and be nice to me. And instead of being like, I love her, so I want to do this for her, and not expect anything back. And that's something that, something real big that we learned in premarital counseling too is just loving the other person without expecting love back and um, God does that for us. And like, that's how we should do for him. Like, and and that's so hard for us as humans. Um, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. And it doesn't mean that we should, shouldn't strive for it. And it doesn't give us an excuse to not do it either. Um, I
1: think, uh, you know, we were talking, actually, let's get segue into kind of the next thing, kind of like, this all ties into what we've learned the last couple of weeks in our men's conference, like men's breakup too. I want to call it a men's conference because this is what it feels like. It does kind of. But uh, you know, let let's start with kind of one thing our friend Josh brought up when we went to go eat. Mm. Was he started talking about pressure points?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I liked that one. And
1: uh, <clears throat> one of those things is so, for example, there was a there's a couple of habits that Katie and I have developed just as dating. That at first it was kind of like, oh, I'm going I'm to do it to check off a box. Now, it's not like I didn't enjoy doing some of these things that we do. Mm. Like, uh, you know, calling her at a specific time or doing these things. But those didn't have as much importance to me. And so eventually they became important to me. And they became important to me because that's time I get to spend with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. however as you know, kind of what I'm saying is they became important to me and they started being like if we didn't talk at a specific time I would get upset mm. and I would get upset with her because oh well, now we're not talking at a specific time now we're not doing a certain thing because it's not on my time it's not when I wanted to do it mm. and it lost the value and there's been a, there's been a lot of things that have lost their value in Not necessarily that I don't enjoy doing them, but in that I made them so much about Mm -hmm. myself. And I'm usually a pretty sensitive person. And so, being sensitive and being selfish Mm -hmm. tend to...
0: Yeah, it's a bad recipe Right,
1: it's a bad recipe. And so I get hurt over nothing when I don't have to be. I don't have to get hurt over things. And it's not like she does
0: that's, yeah that's that's been a tough thing that I've been having to learn too with with fights with Kimberly it's like just just letting go of my pride and, and being like okay she hurt my feelings but I don't have to let my feelings remain hurt I can forgive her and get past it because what right. does it really matter anyways and yeah that's 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 a great right. point
1: and like I just mentioned and josh rant that's I think that's a pressure point yeah. That's a that's a pressure point of, especially as men, and we also talked about this earlier, <laughs> we like to feel supported. We like oh, to yeah. feel, uh, and not like in the way of like a man supports a woman, but we like to have somebody at our back yeah. cheering us on. And when we feel like our, you know, our... Uh, like our effort. Our effort or... It, it, when it feels like our cheerleader is no longer oh. cheering us on yeah it it gets to you and it feels kind of like well you know holy cow what did I what did I do wrong you know what uh, I'm an overthinker I'm an analyzer and so I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna start picking apart yeah what what did I do wrong how can I fix it if I did it wrong
0: yeah for me it's like if if I don't feel like I'm getting the support uh, from somebody when I do a thing, I, I end up turning to the whole. Well, I I'm not even gonna do this. Should I even do this anymore? Like, what's the point? You know, and and it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. It's like, that's the wrong motive to have, anyways. Um, we shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to receive acknowledgement from somebody else. There, it should be enough that we are doing it for the Lord, or we're doing it for the reason that we're doing the thing, whatever it is. And um, but it does feel good to have your significant other or somebody encouraging you right and i think the issue though with that is not letting yourself get so prideful and so hurt when it doesn't happen or when they try to be um uh maybe what's the word i'm looking for um not chris critic- uh, constructive criticism when they try to give you that and that's not what you needed to hear or something like that right um But, yeah, and that's a big thing. Like, that is a big pressure point for for a lot of men and a lot of ladies, too. Because it's just a human thing, that that pride, that that when something goes wrong and and we want to get prideful and, like, it... Flares up that pressure point, and then something else will happen, and hit it again, and then the, and then Satan just keeps reminding us, "Hey, remember when they did that to you? Remember right. when they didn't care?" And right. and, ev- and eventually that spot
1: gets tender, and yeah. it's like it, it. All he has to do is just apply a little bit of pressure, yeah. And you, and you're on your knees already, yeah. Uh, he's I know I've let of you know. It's also kind of bringing up the second week, you know, about uh, creating barriers and things like that. Well, I, uh, while we were sitting at the table talking about barriers and things that we can do to keep Satan from hitting those pressure points every single time is what, what is the difference between a guardrail and a barrier? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a genuine question. And I was asking that, and I started thinking about it. I'm like, so, the idea of, like, if I hit my car with a concrete... If I hit a concrete barrier with my car, my car is probably not going to do a whole lot of damage to the concrete barrier, but I might have a totaled car. However, if I hit a guardrail, that thing's going to fold like a piece of paper. It'll still do damage to my vehicle, but... It's, it's not the same thing and I think a lot of times we get too caught up and trying to we, we misuse the difference between barriers and guardrails yeah uh, a lot of times we tend to try and put a guardrail so you know the example in our thing was you know porn addiction or something like that well setting a guardrail is you know don't Don't allow yourself to click on that website or go to that particular link or something like that. But a barrier would be, how about I just don't get on the computer? You know, how about I just don't allow myself or if I think about going to that website, or if I think about doing this particular thing, I set accountability. Sure. You know. And that, those are more barriers. Those are more, you know, that's what I think of as more concrete barriers. Because the thing is, is that a guardrail should only be a guide, not a deterrent necessarily. It should, there should be, it should be the difference between a yield sign and a stop sign. Right. A stop sign is big red sign that says stop. And you're naturally going to just stop unless you're in California apparently but <laughs> a a yield sign well we're trained that yield signs only ever just cause us to slow down well if the thing that we're putting in front of us or the thing that we're trying to use to keep ourselves from doing something that we shouldn't do is only yielding mm-hmm. so much eventually we will cave and give in
0: right just, so. that's true um yeah uh that that made me think a lot about one of the points that uh, we talked about this past week which was um you know we talked a lot about temptation and um this you know fleeing the devil and uh or resist the devil and he will flee from you and draw near to god and god will draw near to you and that's like you know how we should live our lives and that's how we should avoid temptation and we do that, you know, with the with the word hidden in our heart and, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes along with that. But one of the things that they were talking about is, like, the reasons why we give in to the temptation and, um, you know, there was a couple ones just off the top of my head. It's like, you know, there was one that, was, that said, you know, I deserve it so I should have it. You know, I, I want it, you know. and then But the one that kept stood out to me the whole time was, you know, I can handle it. And, um, and that, that's very true with, you know, with, with sexual, with sexual sins. And like, like you are talking about with porn and, um, even with like dating relationships, you know, I can handle her coming over alone. It's fine. We won't, we won't do anything. We'll, we'll still be able to honor God and like all that. Um, and it'll be okay. Um, uh, and, and for me personally, you know, for six years or so, I don't remember how long, but, um, um, for six years or so, you know, I was running from God and, uh, I was trying to look up at first and getting text messages at the same time, but anyways, I was running from God and I, I started, you know, drinking and, um, you know, just getting drunk constantly and, uh uh, being high and doing drugs and all that kind of stuff, you know, this, just living however I wanted to. And so the, the developed habits and long term, you know, once in my flesh, like where now, like, like I still want to drink, like, it's not something like God's helped me to get through that where it's not, where I'm not drinking. And, but when I see alcohol, it's like, I still want to drink. And, you know, there's every, every now and then while we're on that topic, like there's still some times where I think about having a smoke too, you know? Um, and like the Satan, like it goes back to the pressure point. Satan knows where to hit us to be like, to get us to stumble. Um, and so we've got to set up stuff to barriers, accountability, whatever it is that we need. We've got to set stuff up to keep us from getting to that point. Um, and we can't keep telling ourselves that. I can handle it because like something that, some, that that's something that I want to tell myself, like, especially with the drinking. Um, it's, it's like, I can go to a restaurant and just have a beer or just have a cocktail and I will be fine. I won't be drunk. It's not a big deal. It's okay. I can handle that. But the problem comes is when I start doing that is it will become a process and I will continue to do it more and more. And you know the people around me will will know, and like it'll it'll hurt my testimony. It'll hurt the people around me. It'll hurt relationships. You know, I know my wife doesn't want me drinking. Um, I know how my life was when I was drinking. Um, so so one, so one can lead to many, and it can create a bad environment for me to live in. And it's all because I said I can handle this one. And sure, maybe I can handle that one, but I'm not going to be able to handle it in the sense that I won't continue. It's not gonna be one and done. It's gonna be one and I'm gonna open the door to do more. Um, just like the with with the with the porn or with having uh sex outside of marriage. It's like once you do a little bit, you're always gonna want a little more. And you know, you, you hear that when you're um before you sin and you're like, Yeah, that's true and then the moment presents itself being like oh no i can handle it i'll be i'll be fine it it won't lead me to more but it always does and like it, i think that's something that's so hard for us to admit to ourselves in that moment because we just we want it and something that i've been taught at least recently and something that i kind of had to learn is you know i believe it's first corinthians 10 13 that's what i was looking up but i started talking and forgot to look it up and make sure That's right, 1 Corinthians 10.13. Yes, I'll go ahead and read it while I have it pulled up. But it says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. And the issue a lot of times with us being tempted, tempted is that instead of us looking to God and looking for that way to escape. We try to come up with all the reasons and all the ideas why it'll be okay. Why it's not a big deal you know like oh no one's going to know oh i'll just do it this once it'll be fine oh it's not going to lead to anything it's not that big of a deal oh is it really a sin is it really bad you know all these reasons that we can come, can come up with to to make it be okay to rationalize it in that moment instead of being like okay should i really be doing this how do i not do this how can i get away how can i avoid it and I'm not going to say that I'm perfect at doing that because, you know, we all have sin and we all screw up. And it's something that I'm constantly having to work at. But thinking about it that way and, and changing our mindset from, okay, well, how, it's changing our mindset from rationalizing our behavior to how can I escape this behavior is, it, it, it's a game changer. It, it totally changes the way that we, um, that we live our lives. Um, yeah, I always right.
1: picture a cupcake. And you look at the cupcake and you look at the cupcake, but you're not supposed to have it because you're trying to cut back sugar. Well, it doesn't matter if you turn around and it doesn't matter if you, you know, take five steps away from the cupcake, you're Uh still near the cupcake.
0: Yeah. Still, You still can reach it. (laughs) Right.
1: And as long as that cupcake remains inside your mind Mm. and remains within arm's reach, and there's no one around that's going to tell you, hey, don't eat that cupcake, you're probably going to eat the cupcake. Yeah. However, if there's... If you walk out of the room that the cupcake is in, Mm. or you are with somebody, and that person knows you're not supposed to be eating it, and they take that cupcake and they throw it away, you're probably less likely to go through the trash can and try and get that cupcake. And the idea is that you have removed or cut off that temptation yeah and sure. with somebody else there you know with god being the thing that we rely on to get rid of that cupcake <laughs> <laughs> then it's much easier or it's much easier than to be like, oh, well, I got this. Yeah, because no, you're you're gonna eat the cupcake.
0: And I guess that's like the the main thing and the the big point is that you know we're not powerful enough in our own flesh, and that just goes back to you know the spirit's willing but the flesh is weak, and you know even even Paul you know he he says there's there's a lot of things that he wanted to do that he didn't do, and there's a lot of things that he did want to do that he ended up doing. And it's that it's that battle in us between the old nature and the new nature. You know, we're made new, but we're still in a sinful body, and we still have this flesh that we have to battle. And um, I think I might have mentioned this in another podcast, but we were talking about Avatar earlier, and this is whole big scene with Zuko, and he he's he's been the whole time been the villain of the story. He's been the bad guy, and he finally starts realizing that what he's doing has he's been deceived. He's been lied to his whole life. And he he switched, he switches to try to help the person that's trying to save the world. He's he goes from he goes from helping the guy that wants to destroy the world to go and helping the guy that wants to save the world, but it makes him physically sick because he has this in internal turmoil inside of himself, this inside battle between doing what's good or doing what's evil and just his, his whole desires and life changing and being, you know, twisted and turned upside down. And, you know, that's a, it's a, I don't think it was intended this way, but, you know, I think God can definitely use it this way. It's a super good picture of, you know, us coming to Christ and us, you know, deciding to follow Christ. It's like we, we we at one point were children of the Satan and we were helping him destroy the world without even realizing it. And we were deceived and, then once we are, accept Christ, and once we receive Jesus, you know, He says that we have we receive the power to become sons of God, and we we switch teams, we switch, we switch, uh, we switch sides. Right. Instead of being enemies of God, we're now friends of God. We're now family of God, uh, um, and we're now able to do the work of the Lord and to help the Savior of the world. Instead of helping the destroyer, we're now helping the Savior. But when we start walking in that process. And we start walking in that new life. Those old desires are still going to be fighting us. And I know like when I ran for six years or however long it was and I came back, my flesh didn't like it a lot of times. And I like, just like Zuko, I felt physically sick sometimes just because I wanted to, I wanted to go back to do the things that you know were bad for me, but were fine, you know, um, And and it doesn't, you know, regardless of your personal convictions on, on drinking and stuff like that, like I know for me in my life, it was not good and it led me down like really bad places. And it was a time in my life where I was trying to seek happiness and led myself into a deeper depression because instead of seeking a relationship with the father, I was seeking happiness in the world. And that's, that's not that's not where it's at. It's, you're not going to find it there. And I'm kind of getting off the topic going in here and I'm kind of losing the, the train, but, um, that's just the thing. Like we, we've got to, we got to learn how to, to walk in the spirit and, and not walk in the flesh. You know,
1: that kind of makes me wonder, cause you know, you, you previously mentioned you're newly married, mm. uh, and so you've been at this for, what, four or five months now? Yes. Have you ever noticed, and not trying to like interview you, but it, I just figured this is a question that I think a lot of people who aren't married, who listen to this, you know, I've had my experiences with marriage, mm-hmm. but, you know, my dad always told me, if you want marriage advice, don't go to somebody who's divorced. hmm you know, if you want if you want advice on how to not be drunk, don't go to somebody who drinks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that being divorced is the equivalent of being drunk. But it it's just like if I want marriage advice, I want to get it from a married person. Yeah. And especially people our day and age, it's always nice to have a fresh new perspective. Or sure. it's always Especially when you're a young, single Christian, uh, and maybe you're a single Christian who doesn't, you're not dating anyone, Mm. but you want to know, it's just nice to get some insight. And so a question I was thinking about while we were uh, talking about this is, you know, we talked at the beginning about getting distracted and, not staying in the word right. as frequently as we should and God hit, or you know, not God, but Satan hitting those pressure points. Uh, do you ever notice, especially in your relationship, the less time in the word that you spend, the more it affects you on a personal note or it, it, it affects your relationship
0: with your wife. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Like, uh, you know, if you're, if you I, have a history of being,
0: I'm sorry, God. uh, I'm just going to say that I can, yeah, I can definitely tell the difference the the difference when I'm in the word, uh, how I treat Kimberly, how the things that she does or doesn't do, how it'll affect me differently because I'm in the word, because I have a, a better filter. I'm looking at it through, you know, the God's perspective, um, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, and I can definitely tell when she's been in the word. Um, I can see it on both sides. And like when we're both, when when we have those times when we're both been in the word and we're both like seeking to honor God, those are like the best times that we've, we've had in our relationship. And I don't know, like we get, we get so much accomplished that way. Um, instead of just (laughs) yelling at each other and, um, man, we've, we've both learned so, so much in these past four and a half months. So, um but you know like it's only been that long and there's still so much for us to learn um but as we do this podcast and uh other things like i do want to share my experiences and share what i've learned and you know and it'll help me to verbalize some of these things too because a lot of times you know i'll learn something and because I'm stupid or a slow learner or something like I'll learn, <laughs> I'll learn it once and then still do it wrong. You know, and it's like, if I, if I verbalize it and put it out there, then it's kind of like when I do it wrong, I hear myself saying, Hey, you know, you used to how you should do this. I'm like, Oh yeah, I did tell them to do that that way. Didn't I? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, but yeah, I can definitely tell the difference. And, um, you know, it's, that's like, that relationship with God should be our priority and everybody talks about the triangle like you and your spouse or your significant other are on the bottom of the triangle and God's at the top and instead of growing closer by coming to together to each other you grow closer by y'all both growing closer to God at the top Yep, and it's it's just a you know maybe maybe in some ways cheesy example but it's it's if you do it that way, it's so much better. It like it really changes the game. You're both able to respect and to love each other and to care and to be patient and towards each other way more than you ever could. I don't really think you can truly exemplify those aspects in your life without, you know, first giving yourself to God. Right. And as I was thinking about that, it kind of made me think of originally how my leg <laughs> I'm getting old. So originally uh, we had talked about the possibility of writing out our own vows to each other for the wedding. And um, I wrote like a rough draft that was kind of lame um, to be honest. And then, you know, I actually spent time later on and, you know, worked on rewriting them and something that really stuck with me and I think it was probably from conversations that I was having with my dad at the time but um, just walking through the fruits of the spirit uh, and just like thinking about how I want to express each of those fruits of the spirit from my life to her life I want to show her that she's loved I want her to see my faith in God through my life and through the way that I treat her I want to treat her with kindness and gentleness and patience and uh, um self-control and um you know love joy peace kindness goodness faithfulness tenderness and self-control I think that's all of them gentleness I think I'm saying but um all those things I want to I want to I want her to see those things in my life and I want to treat her with in those ways with 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 the love and uh the gentleness and all that kind of stuff like like I want her to see that each day and that's something that we have to work on, like so hard to get to that point. And I can't do that in my power. I can't do that in the flesh, cause I'm gonna I'm gonna be selfish, and I'm not gonna be patient. I am gonna I'm gonna say, oh no, you hurt me, you deserve to be hurt back. Right. And I'm not gonna I'm not going to you know say no, I love you, this is okay. You know it's it's fine. I'll let it go. And I'm I'm not going to. Say, "Oh, you've had a really bad day. It's fine that you yelled at me." <laughs> like I'm going to be like, "Oh, you yelled at me? I'm going to yell back at you." Right. And it's that's that's so toxic for our relationships for us to to, to not see God first. And I, that's a great point to bring up. I'm glad
1: you... Right? No, I I so I bring that up because I also I hopefully I can add some merit to this too, or some I can add some whatever yeah that but, uh, <laughs> no I uh, I was recently in a conversation what? with uh, Katie was we were discussing something <clears throat> and I noticed as I would say something you know I would point out I would point out something in her and then she would kind of in a snide way point Pointed it right back at me, mm. and I was like, wait a minute, and, and, I, and I tried to, and I, and I tried to catch it. I know exactly what you're talking right. about there. <laughs> and I was like, I looked at I'm like, you know, I, I don't think this will go well if we just sit here and do this. Yeah. Where we're going to go tit for tat, like, oh, well, my horse is bigger than your horse, or... You know what? You do this, so I'm gonna point out. you She's
0: doing... ten times the size of yours.
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. Right? TikTok.
0: <laughs> oh my god!
1: But uh, you know, and I was like, I, I've noticed that I do that a lot, where I I have a bad habit of pointing out something, mm. and then you know, I'm blessed in that she's not a person who likes to argue. Mm. So. There's not a whole lot of like going back and forth, but when we do, it feels bad.
0: Yeah, I used to say that I wasn't argumentative or uh, that I was non-confrontational. Uh, the longer that I've been in this relationship, I've learned that is not true. Yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty confrontational. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm just lying. Uh, I I try so hard not to be, but it like there's some there's certain triggers, there's certain pressure points that right? that. Sometimes, sometimes Satan can use your spouse to hit those points. I was not saying, actually, <laughs> that's it. sometimes and, Satan can use you to hit their pressure points too. So I'm yeah, not just gonna it, say it like it's them; it's mm-hmm. it's us too.
1: The the people who can hit those pressure points the easiest is
0: probably gonna be the ones you care about the most. The ones. ones you care yeah.
1: about your spouse, mm-hmm. your closest friends, because they're people who know you and they know you. Yeah, and when they
0: know. Well, it's also, we also expect different things from them, too. We, we put them to a higher standards, whether we realize it or not. Mm. And it, in some ways, becomes unfair to the other person, but we, it's just the way that we're, I guess, wired. I don't, I don't know.
1: It, you know, that again, it goes back to our conversation where we're having a, a breakfast where, you know, your spouse or your significant other or your girlfriend or fiancé or your best friends or your brother or your sister... Whomever you're really close to, one problem that we have and something to kind of keep in mind is you're comfortable with those people. And so you're going to be more open to say more truthful things to them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes being... There's a point of being truthful but being too blunt.
0: Yeah.
1: Or being... Uh, it, not having a lot of grace in what you say
0: yeah and that's, that It goes along with the, the gentleness as well yeah. yeah, I
1: was about to say you know there's probably not it, it's probably no uh, surprise that gentleness was one of the harder ones to mention because mm. men are by most general means not gentle creatures Yeah, we a lot of us tend to believe in okay let's solve the problem you know let's remove all the emotion out of it solve the problem, and get it fixed, because we don't see the reason in sitting there and stewing over
0: it. Yeah, we're... Men are a lot more rationale-based. Rational-based thinking. Uh, brute force. Get it done. Duct tape. Right. They tie it together. You know, that kind of... And,
1: and, and that's not to say that there aren't women who think that way, but I know at least in my relationship and it sounds like even in yours, that's the case. Yeah. We, we tend to be... You know, I'm an... Em- oh, my bad. I'm an emotional guy. And so when my feelings are hurt, I don't tend to think rationally. Mm. But on the flip side, if, you know, Katie's coming to you about something, uh, you know, it was a funny story that I was telling at breakfast too, was she was trying to tell me and her brother something at lunch. And in our minds, she said what she had to say and then we added to it and the conversation was done we did not realize that
0: it was not done <laughs> it was not done
1: it was done for us because we solved the issue in our minds yeah and so obviously we had you know the conversation was over well no well the problem was is that she wasn't looking for a solution to her problem and she wasn't looking to get told to just get over it yeah she wanted somebody to just listen listen and yeah. talk to hmm. And that is probably one of my weakest points in my relationship is I don't listen. I think,
0: I really think that is an issue for a man. And, like, I heard a lot, like, before marriage and before this relationship even, like, people saying, oh, men don't listen. They don't ever listen to us and, like, all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, no, I listen all the time. I'm a great listener. Like, I hardly talk. Like, I, I listen all the time. You know, that kind of thing. And it's just like you start realizing that it's more than hearing what somebody says it's actually sitting there and letting them talk instead of inputting and i think that's that's something that like i struggle with not just with women but with with men too it's just like instead of really letting somebody talk i i really sit and think about what am I how can I respond to this what am I gonna say and it's like even just here doing this podcast for example like while, while Nick's talking there's a couple times where I, you, you hear me cut him off because I am already thinking about my points right. and like what I want to say and like instead of being like patiently letting other people talk, talk. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it, the man thing
1: right uh, and as as guys I scared me I uh I, I can't get, you know I don't I don't get upset about that that that's not something I get upset about, but when it comes to conversations with Katie, mm-hmm. if she cuts me off, I get upset. Yeah, and that just creates more and more issues. And, <laughs> and it's...
0: and the I was thinking about something that happened earlier today. But yeah, but
1: I had a uh, so kind of continuing with the with what I was going to say though was. She had told me that night, she's like, hey, I'm upset with you. I was like, oh, crap, what happened? And I come to find out that she felt very shut out. She couldn't say what she had to say because, again, in my, you know, at least in my mind, I can't speak for her brother, but at least in my mind, it was like, oh, well, we said what you, we said what you should do and we fixed your problem.
0: Yeah. So we we answered the question that you weren't asking.
1: Right. We answered the question <laughs> you weren't asking. Uh, you weren't even trying to seek counsel. Right. You were just trying to talk to 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 make talk, and she was really hurt by that. And my response to that was, you know, I I was trying to be, you know, I thought I was just in like, well, okay, well, I can make up for it. You can tell me about it now. And she was like, no, "No, I, I don't, I don't have the energy to do that right now. I've already talked to my friends about it. Uh, if you want to know what I have to say about the, you know, the whole topic, then I'll just tell you later. I'll just send you what I, or I'll just tell you what I told them, and we'll just move on."
0: Yeah.
1: And I got extremely mad about that. I was like, "I don't see why I should be receiving your second, you know, your friend's seconds." But thinking about it, especially after the conversation we had at breakfast, I was like, you know what? I had no reason to get mad because I was expecting treatment that she was expecting to begin with. Right. And I, or I was expecting in return from something I never gave. Yeah. And when she told me that she felt hurt by it, you know, while it was all well and good and it. it it had good intention of being like, okay, let me talk to you about it now. Sometimes too late exists. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that I could, that we couldn't have talked about it later after she didn't feel upset about it. Yeah. But she, she no longer could feel, I don't want to say safe, but she no longer could confide in me. Yeah. I shot that down. Because I felt like I had to fix a situation that never needed to be
0: fixed. Yeah, and I mean, I get, I get that too. Like even from from the other side of the, the relationship and the conversation or whatever. Like, like there are times where I will try to. <laughs> there are times where I will try to uh, talk or share something with Kimberly and. Um, and uh, she's a, a little ADD, uh, so <laughs> she, she'll, a little, yeah. So she'll get distracted or start thinking about something different, and like start talking about something else, or you know, all these kind of things. And like I'll see her, her face just like blink out, or she'll be scrolling on Facebook and like trying to show me something while I'm trying to explain something to her, and and like that really just like. In that moment, like my pride is just like, nope, I'm, I'm not, I'm, this is not worth it. She doesn't want to hear it. She doesn't want to know it. I'm not gonna share it. I'm, I'm done. I'm just gonna, uh, she can just not know. I don't have to tell her. It's fine. And like I know that like communication is very important in our relationship, and that we need that. But I don't care in the moment. And I know that she values. Uh, quality conversation but I let my pride say well she must not really value quality conversation if she doesn't want to listen to what I have to say and you know that's just, that's just Satan hitting those pressure so, points and
1: a and, and, and lesson learned mm. uh, I don't know if this is true with Kimberly because sometimes I feel like even when I talk to her <laughs> she like blinks out but women perceive things and under in. in Women have the ability to multitask in a way men can't
0: uh, sometimes sometimes <laughs> now, but
1: however, what you think they are understanding or what you think they aren't understanding yeah fun fact they probably are because guess what's gonna happen is you're gonna be saying all these things and you're gonna say one thing that they disagree with and that's gonna come back mm-hmm. and and they keep that they have a vault. Oh yeah, and we don't understand they're processing the way they process on the outside may not seem like they're processing everything Mm -hmm. but on the inside in their mind they are processing everything Mm -hmm. and I guarantee you if you whatever you're complaining about now or whatever say one thing (laughs) that makes them mad five weeks from now (laughs) they're going to remember word for word and how you said it the infliction that you said it and you're going to be like, wait a minute, I didn't think you were checked in on that conversation. No, they're checked in. Uh, <laughs> I've had to learn that the hard way because I'll, I'll, I'll have said something and I'll forget that I said it. Or I'll have done something and I'll forget I've done I mean, it. And, you know, we had talked about this too. And, you know I, know, I know you said, you and Josh were saying that y'all are getting better about it kind of like on a day-to-day basis. Oh, geez. Sorry.
0: I shouldn't put that up there.
1: Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm still kind of working through, yeah, the, you know, I say something, and I think, oh, okay, the situation is solved. I already apologized for it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they they said they forgive you, and a lot of times, what it is is that
0: they haven't they, worked that out emotionally yet, right. yeah. or
1: they have a uh, they have accepted your apology, but that is now in the back pocket for that uh, for that quick roundout. So yeah. you know
0: yeah enough and we have dealt with issues like that before but like like you were just saying a minute ago uh, i think me and josh both agreed that since we've been married that um we've gotten to a lot better place where most of our relation, most of our issues arguments or however you want to classify them most of them are dealt with in the day and um, they're not brought back up and um if they are if we do bring them back up it's not usually to stab the other person or anything um but like i have brought thing i've personally brought things back up um and i think she's done the same thing to just to be like okay well you're doing this here but you were upset with me for doing the same thing earlier right. and it's not like it's not like you know i'm shoving this in your face it's like you need to understand that this is the same thing, and understand the perspective. And um, you know, you need to have as much grace and patience that you want me to give you. You need to return it to me in this moment. And
1: fun, um, yeah, fun fact: I think men bring up and store things away sometimes the same, if not more, than women do. Yeah. In most conversations I've ever had with men and women in a relationship. A lot of times, especially if you're ever talking one-on-one with either side, a lot of times the man lives in the past more than the woman does. Mm. Because we have a way of begrudgingly holding on to something because our pride was hurt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have a way of kind of being like, well, you know what? You want to size me up with something I did five weeks ago? Well, let me bring up something... This that and the other thing, so I can make you feel smaller, so I can feel bigger. Yeah, and I, I you know, it just when you had said that, like, oh, you know, I, I, I tend to remember things too, or whatever.
0: Yeah, well, I was I was thinking about it, like it was stuff that she had brought back up, but really it was stuff I brought back up. So, um, right, um, she, I don't know, I. I can't think of any time recently where that's actually happened. I was trying to think of a good example, but I can't really think of any time recently that she's actually done that. So I, that's kudos on her part. She's gotten really good about not yeah. doing that. So, um, But she has been going through um, a, t- a 12-step class process, too, where they, they mm-hmm. have been talking a lot about forgiveness and not holding grudges. So I think that's something that she's actually... Act- actively working Is that on. like the
1: woman's breakout thing or no
0: it's uh it's another thing it's kind of like a branch of uh like celebrate recovery xcr mm-hmm. um but it's just a 12-step class where you um you work through like uh past trauma past grief um you know just different things like that like whatever issues you've got in your past um you kind of you, you kind of work through that learn how to forgive uh learn how to trust god again in those situations um Learn how to you just deal with your hurts, basically. Um, <clears throat> they're actually starting one up for men soon. Um, Austin's dad, Janie or stepdad, is starting one. Okay. Um, but uh, um, it's really helped her a lot. Um, I can I can definitely see a change in her already. Um, and uh, I, w- I went to CR with her two weeks ago cause she was sharing like her testimony through the step process. And, um, so I went, I went there to support and to hear that. And, uh, uh, Sean, yeah, Sean was, um, had been leading that up and she was going through each one of them, like telling them, you know, um, I forget exactly what she was saying, but basically, you know, turn to God and, uh, don't ever look back run to God and she went to like each one of them saying that and like she was like one or two away from Kimberly and I was like oh she's going to she's going to choke up when she gets to Kimberly and she did she she broke down and started crying as soon as she got to Kimberly and um like Kimberly has gone through a lot of trauma as a child I'm not going to go into all that but um you wouldn't recognize that from the outside cuz she's like always smiley and energetic and and like just goofy and stuff all the time Um, it's the best way I can explain it but really like there's so much hurt and like we were talking about earlier like the closer you get to to somebody like the more honest you are with them Mm -hmm. and like I see so much of like so much more of like the pained side now that like I'm I'm married with her and it's uh, like everybody else sees like this happy giddy Kimmy and like I see like a really sad crying like been rejected and been hurt but learning to forgive and like um learning to deal with me (laughs) in light of all the past trauma that she's already been through and now i'm adding more trauma to her life (laughs) by being a man (laughs) but no um and i'll seriously know that i'm really proud of her she's been doing really really good in that and uh if anybody does listen to this and you do deal with past hurts. I would, I would highly suggest that you get help. If, if there's a celebrate recovery or twelve step process that you can be involved in, or, you know, just seeking some older lady in your life or older man in your life if you're a man, and uh, get the, get the, get the accountability, get the help. Not just accountability, but like have somebody that you can talk, talk about the past to with. And there was things in her life that she didn't even really realize had happened until she started. Walking through it, and, you know, maybe maybe even Christian counseling would be good for you. And uh, I don't really mean to get off on this tangent, but uh, getting help is good. Let me just say that. Yeah. And I'll just leave it that at that. Um. But uh, but yeah, it's been it's been it's been really good to see her go through that process. Um. But yeah, so just to kind of I guess tie everything all up, um, you know we've we've got to be. First of all, we've got to be diligent in spending our time with God. We've got to make that a priority. We've got to be intentional in and, 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 and that time that we give to God. And we've got to give him more than the leftovers. We've got to quit just squeezing him into our time. we got to give our time to God. Um, make it make him a priority. Make him more of a priority than all the other things that you want to do. Um and then we've got to from that you know walk in walk in christ we got to walk in the spirit we got to uh we got to recognize our pressure points we got to recognize the temptations um that so we got to recognize the weight that the weight that's holding us down from moving forward with god we got to recognize the temptations that are going to easily make us fall into them and we got to set up guards against us we got to We gotta be able to resist the devil. We gotta have God's power so that we can have a defense against uh, Satan, and we can only do that by being in the Word and being filled with the Spirit and being full of Word and being full of grace and truth and all those things that the Bible teaches us to be full of. It's just you know, it's just getting into the Word and having that relationship with Christ. Like if we if we are constantly seeking Him, we're gonna allow ourselves to be filled with with him and with so like he is grace he is truth he's he's love and like all those things would be in us and you know we wouldn't have to worry about i don't know screwing up i guess and the other thing you know just quit rationalizing our behavior and look for a way of escape uh don't make excuses um and for your relationships you know be patient uh don't be selfish um uh, trying to think of just one liners to tie all that up. <laughs> um no, I think you yeah. I think you hit the
1: nail on the head. Um and always equate uh this seems to be a more like couples focused episode. But you know, we, we're we're coming from what we know. Mm. And uh, you know, there there was a point where we were both single. And I think at I think at some point we'll we could probably do more of like a like how to handle yourself as a single man, but once again,
0: uh, yeah. I, I did not do a good job of that for sure. <laughs> so uh, uh, you well, know, <laughs> it, it, it you know, it ain't about
1: you know. it's funny that we mentioned that men bring, or I mentioned that men bring up the past a lot, and a lot of times when we bring up the past, we bring up our own past because we're kicking ourselves for it.
0: Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, Can't argue with that. Didn't totally just do that. <laughs> no, no, you not know, I wasn't doing that as like a stab. I was just you know, like, you guys. I,
1: I know that whenever I'm talking to Katie about things too, a lot of times if I bring up something, it's never, it, I'm not going to say never, but a lot of times it's not pointed at her. And it's not intentional but to be pointed at her. A lot of times I usually speak about myself mm. to her and a lot of times, I take, uh, I take my frustrations out with myself
0: on her. Yeah.
1: And I'll say things that sounds like it's directed at her, but it's really not. Yeah. It's it's more of I've kicked myself about it so much that I convinced myself that's her fault. Yeah. But it's her problem. It's like no, it's not though.
0: Yeah, that's that's like what I was talking about earlier, like when dealing with the whole like turning back from the world and turning to God and just being so frustrated with yourself. And it's just like you get irritable and irritated, especially trying to quit nicotine. Cause that just does that anyways with the withdrawals. And then like you start thinking to yourself, like why did I even put myself in this position to have to get out of this position? And you start beating yourself up and it's like, you're just angry at everyone and you're lashing out. And it's just like, who are you really angry at? I'm angry at myself. And, right. um, yeah, that, I think that's a very good point. I think we do beat ourselves up a lot, and that's that's the, the thing that we learned about in discipleship was you know the the big difference between guilt and conviction. You know, we gotta we gotta allow ourselves to be convicted so that we can change, but we don't need to allow ourselves to live in the guilt where it holds us back and we just constantly are beating ourselves up. because yep. we'll just lose. You can't and we can't win beating yourself up. You just you just lose. There's no and, winner. <laughs> and
1: to, to- at least on my my end to tie it all up, just remember, whatever you do with Christ, you're going to do with them. And I mean that in that if you stay in the Word and you're listening to the Word and you're understanding the Word, you're going to listen to what your spouse has to say. You're going to listen to what your significant other has to say. And you're going to understand what they have to say. Mm, yeah, And if you have patience and temperance and make it a habit of reading and understanding the word, you're going to have temperance and patience and make it a habit of listening to that person. So yeah. just remember that the marriage, <coughs> and no, granted, some of, some of us aren't married yet but your relationship with that person still reflects how your relationship with God is
0: and yeah I mean not only not only a marriage or a uh, relationship with a, a significant other partner kind of relationship but even relationships with fri- yep. friends and strangers and the lost world uh, uh, our relationship with Christ re- re- affects all of our relationships so mm, I agree so yeah so there's something to gain from, from, for everyone, from, from all of this, And, uh, 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 hopefully we can continue to, to do these like this where, you know, we're just giving our perspectives and, um, I, I know we're planning to get, um, a couple of our friends, uh, stories and, uh, Kimberly's testimony and, um, uh, um, some other things down the line. And but this has been the first one back, and we're going uh, to continue to do this at a more normal pace. Uh, Lord willing, yep. And um, we appreciate you listening and uh, hope that you were you know, you, you gained something useful from this. Um, I mean, that's that's all I've, I've got to say. I've, I've said a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I've said
1: my piece about it too.
0: So. All right, cool. All right. So, anyways, yeah. Again, just thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking thus far through these episodes. And I, I know I've had a few people asking if we were continuing, if it was, you know, if it was the end. But we are going to continue, and we're gonna we're we're back on it now. And uh, it's it's like I said at the beginning. It's definitely good to be back and be doing this and have a new setup and not happen to carry. Oh my gosh! <laughs> equipment across the. The street. Yes. Uh, I was about to say across the the city, but it's like we live right down the road, so it really wasn't that big of a deal anyway. No. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so this this is uh, this has been the Truthcast. Um, I'm Adam, and this was Nick Thomas. Uh, um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you'll listen to us again on the next one. Yep. Y'all have a good one.